0: we encountered in coming across. Well, I'll try to give you some of the highlights. I took off the famous Harbour Grace runway at dusk, about 7.30. Hours. I flew for a couple of hours while sunset uh, lasted, and then two more hours as the moon came up over a bank of clouds. I had fair weather for four hours. Then I ran into a storm, which was one of the most severe I have ever been in. I milled around in the storm here for probably an hour and would kept my course. I had been troubled, my exhaust manifold burning through all night. A weld broke shortly after harbor group and I could be damaged as I found thunderstorms probably three or four hundred miles off of islands. I believe I saw land first about the middle. I decided to come down any of the best of the path. I got down without any trouble and to the Pride Farmer Cottage. After receiving a real Irish welcome, I took a Paramount plane, London, and there received a real English welcome.
1: Amelia Earhart and her navigator, Fred Noonan, have come to grief in their perilous round-the-world flight. Several hundred miles from Howland Island in the mid-Pacific, their great plane, fitted out as a flying laboratory, is down. Stranded on a coral reef, it's believed, from fragmentary and weak radio calls for help. Up to that point, their globe-circling trip Their hops from continent to continent had been a triumph of flying and air navigation. Coast Guard cutters and Navy ships and planes are rushing to their aid. Among them, the aircraft carrier Lexington, under forced draft from San Diego with 72 planes aboard. The two intrepid flyers missed the tiny dot that is Howland Island in their 25-mile hop from New Guinea and were forced down by lack of fuel. For hours, their flight was a mystery, a mystery of world concern. But the Coast Guard Cutter Itasca is now near them, certain that they are still safe and sound.
2: buddy to brand new year same old show I'm Big D I'm Brandon Uh welcome to a brand new year it's 2022 and uh some of some are excited about it some are fearing it we're just here we're here to uh dive into more conspiracies and all all things that we deem I think our first episode is going to be fantastic because there's a lot of stuff about Emil Earhart that I didn't know and I'm, I'm probably like most people. I knew the, the basic facts and that was about it. I knew she had disappeared. I'd read, you know, some articles about it and, and it's all kind of theories out there. And then there's supposedly a picture that she's in it and then it debunked. So we, we got a lot of rabbit holes to go down on this show. But first, you can always email us at down the RH at dot com. And we want to thank yep. our friends at fringe radio dot com. Hey, Brandon. Yes. We before we get into today's show, there's one there's a conspiracy out there and it actually popped up on our Apple podcast uh, reviews. We 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 got to we got to get to it. What is it? There is a uh, there's a review there's a review I'll, I'll, I'll read it. There is a review from a listener and this came in on December 20th, 2021 and the user's handle is crotch goblins they gave us a one-star review fair enough we're not you know everybody has their own opinion as to how things Mm go but the headline of the review says brandon can't read and then below it says you're a terrible host you can't read so there's this now we have a conspiracy theory out there that you never learn to read that you can't do it well, I, I
3: hope I did. I mean, that's usually how I do my research. I mean, I do listen to a lot of things on my research and watch a lot of videos, but I also do a lot of reading. So uh, well, I'm i sure think you do know how to read. I but.
2: think you need – here's what you got to do. You're going to have to pull something up right now and, and read uh, just a couple of sentences because so far it's theory. I mean, we don't know. That you know how to read, you tell us you do, and you and you you say, but I've also true. heard you say you you listen to podcasts and you watch YouTube and you do so. so we don't really know that you know how to read. I think we uh, need to that's get
3: that's true. I mean, I'll pull one up now. This is one of the articles I had open for today. So, okay, and this was one I wasn't really going to go down this theory because it's a little out there. But uh, let's see. Uh, let's start with perhaps the most ridiculous. She was rescued Hollywood style at the last second. Just before the Lockheed Electra plunged into the Pacific Ocean, her rescues, according to the New Dimension blog, a race of benevolent people called the Agarthian, Agarthians who lived inside the Earth, which, by the way, is hollow.
2: See? Hey, so, congratulations. You know I mean, and so what's the. what's the So if people want to verify it, what is that article?
3: Um, it's on uh, grunge.com. It, um, bizarre theories about Amelia Earhart's disciplines.
2: Excellent. There you go. So, uh, we see? We're doing we're doing handyman's work here. We're we're barely into the new year and we've already solved conspiracy. Yes, we have. I- so there you go. <laughs> I
3: may stumble over my words sometimes, and I have a real problem with anything that's like Russian or any other language. But we figured that out. I mean, I'm quick to say I can't <laughs> pronounce half the things I'm supposed to. I can read, I just can't pronounce anything.
2: I just thought it was hilarious, and I, I just like I've seen him read. So to make a definitive statement like you can't read, I, I thought well maybe this is one of. Brandon's old teachers. I don't know. It could
3: be. I mean, maybe it's someone, I mean, maybe someone who had didn't like gobble my cock. I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's their name. (laughs) Cock goblers.
2: That's I'm not making that part up. Anybody can go to our iTunes reviews, Apple podcast reviews. It's, It's right there. (laughs)
3: <laughs> I mean, when you have a name like that, I mean, obviously we know what you like to
2: eat. I mean, and we obviously take, KFC, we, but... We take you very serious. All right, let's get yeah, into yeah. let's get into the uh, the issue at hand, which is fascinating. Amelia Earhart. For those who don't know the story, I, I don't know what to say if you haven't heard of Amelia Earhart, but maybe some people haven't. She was a famous, very, very famous aviatrix in the 30s. And the, yes. let's put on a time machine helmet for a moment. Let's just go back... We were talking about women and men flying during this time. This was a completely, this was before commercial aircraft. Nobody, this is, you could not just go to the airport and hop on a plane. It was post war, and a lot of these planes were fairly cheap. And so people would buy planes and they would, do what was called barnstorming, where they would go around and do air shows and do crazy tricks. And then some would buy them and modify them, and they are trying. There was this kind of like the Great Space Race. During this time, it was the aviation race. Everybody was trying to break any and every record that stood, and it was equal opportunity. There were a lot of female pilots, and a lot of the female pilots were actually really good.
3: They, they were. I mean, that's one thing a lot of people... I, and it sounds about to say this, I assumed like Amelia Earhart was like the first first woman to get licensed and all that with everything that they always talked about with her. She was, I think they said the 16th woman to get a pilot's license.
2: And all the research that I've done, she was not, not the best, not even up there, not even close to being one of the best pilots of the day.
3: No, but she was marketable.
2: That's the key. And that, that. That's what I think we really want to get into this appearance. Her is Amelia Earhart. If, really, if you really look into it and you dig down into it, is a fabricated celebrity. And yes. it, it all started with, and oddly enough, we did the whole Lindbergh baby thing. But it started with Charles Lindbergh. Charles Lindbergh became a a sensation, a celebrity, and Putnam Books, they were marketing in on Lindbergh like crazy. They they published his first book, they put him on speaking tours, they had they basically had him going all over the country and 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 everybody was making a ton of money and he they were he was a major celebrity. And with the rise of the female aviators, he decided he needed a female, you know, companion to to Lindbergh he needed somebody else he could market and so through some some weird circumstances of of, he had some friends who knew of Amelia Earhart and they thought she looked a lot like Lindbergh they even called her Lady Lindy and she sort of had this boyish kind of look but she was also feminine at the same time and they thought oh yeah this is this is who we want to market and so they started funding all of her all of her stuff, it created her as a celebrity. And it was all all of everything that she did from the time that she signed on with Putnam was set up by them, pretty much financed by them or they got her deals, pitch cigarettes and suitcases and mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff. So they would get her these gigs paid and then she would go do her flying thing. And she even said one time that her whole career was basically, uh, they set up a record to break, I broke it, and then I went around talking about it and And that's what she did. And that's the
3: thing. A lot of the records that she broke, supposedly, were never there to begin with.
2: They were completely made up. Person.
3: Yeah. She was the first person. Which, I mean, some of them, they were legit, I guess, in a sense, where it's like, oh, the fastest woman to fly from, like, L.A. to New York, I think. Like, cross country. Yes. But nobody else had done it.
2: Right. And and did, in fact,
3: I think there was one of them I read. They said someone else had done it, but just nobody had recorded it.
2: Yeah, and I think it took her like 19 hours, or, and it was yeah. it was then it was shattered to me. Yeah. The other and one. And that's was, one
3: thing I saw too. She held a lot of the records. She held were shattered like within a year. They never had none of none of them last.
2: Yeah, they had another thing that they did a lot back then. They would have these races or skills flights, and she would always she would either crash or end up way back in the pack. She was not by all accounts, the most skilled or even remotely one of the most skilled of female pilots of the day. But she was marketable, and that, that was key.
3: She was, and I mean, it really shows, too. I mean, Putnam married her. And right. it really, a lot of things you hear from her is it was a marriage of convenience. It wasn't wasn't a marriage of love.
2: Well, she even wrote somewhere that she reluctantly married him, but she knew that was where her bread was buttered. Yeah. So, you know, not to not to knock her or anything but that's the real story in a lot anytime you see a or anytime that I've seen any kind of like documentary or mention of her it's always these glowing terms that she was just this amazing pilot and and it was such a tragedy that she went disappearing and I think a lot of people a lot of things that I read people within the community were none of them were surprised at all that she, that yeah. she crashed and disappeared because she crashed a lot
3: oh yeah from uh, from what I read there was multiple crashes I mean the other thing is You can tell it was a marketing thing, too, because they made sure there's no... I couldn't find any pictures that show her in a negative light at all. No. But there are things that you could read about that talk about, like, she had a sinus issue where when she was flying, she had to have a drain coming out of her, like, face, basically, to drain her sinuses. You never see pictures of that.
2: No, no. No, no. All the pictures were... Like I said, they everything was well-coordinated in the promotion of Lady Lindy. Yeah. They were all, you know glamour shots and shots for magazines. She even had a, she even for a while in in one of the more popular magazines, I can't remember. It was look or something like that, but she had a uh, column that she would write like once a month. (laughs) I was reading one of them. It was called, you should try flying too. That's how, you know, that's how out of the ordinary it was for the average citizen. And that's why they, that's we don't get it these days. I mean, there's, there's still a little bit of, you know, like, Oh, you're a pilot. That's, but back then, they were worshipped. Pilots were absolutely worshipped. They were seen as almost like, you know, immortals.
3: And like rock stars. They were like, like well, we look at how we... You know, look at the not we, but our society right now looks at like the Kardashians and the re- reality stars and the rock stars. Those were pilots.
2: Exactly. Yes. Uh, yeah. They could. They, they had ticker tape parades for her. Uh, mm-hmm. She was always met with huge bouquet of roses and paparazzi and people just fawned all over her. It was. Um. It, it was. It was. She was living the life. There's no doubt about it, man. I mean, she she hit the right uh, slot machine, coming out gold coin. Yeah. Pretty much. But not everything was rosy because um, she uh, it caught up to her, and I think this is obviously this is the flight that did it. But what actually happened has been subject of debate for many, many, many years, and there's been there's credible theories. There's there's people who believe they absolutely know, and they have proof to it. And there's I think there's three or four fairly rock solid possibilities that there's enough proof to where if you took it before a jury you could probably convince them but then there's some really crazy ones and I think we should start I think we should start with some of the crazier ones because before we get into what we think actually happened yeah well so, I
3: mean there's the one that I started reading where you know they say basically uh, people from the center of the earth teleported her right at the last second and saved her
2: well those are the lizard people
3: yeah the lizard people and they have her down there, and they built an entire like species of freckle-faced aviators down in the center of the earth.
2: Well, apparently they needed her. Her nav from <laughs> one of the articles I read about that is that they they wanted, and, and I did see that on Grunge as well. Which share our uh, our sources go look.
3: No, which is uh, one of the things I've always liked about the way we do is we don't share what we're looking at because that way when we come to it, we usually come with different different ideas.
2: Yeah, but one of them. One of them said the reason that they took her is because they were they were trying to figure out a way to fly their species out of the to the Earth and go to like some other planet. They were tired of <laughs> where they were. I I don't know how anybody got this information, but that was what was being reported. And so because she was the best female pilot, and they didn't think she would fight back as a man would, that's why they went after. Her.
3: Yeah, I didn't get that far into it. I just saw that. Yeah, it was supposed to happen because. The other one was aliens, and um, they say that one was confirmed though on Star Trek Voyager season two, episode one, that you know they they found her on another planet.
2: That I, and no Star Trek doesn't lie. No, no Star Star Trek. Is, well, Star Trek's a documentary, definitely. But I did yes, I did see that <laughs> that she was supposedly abducted by some aliens. But my favorite one is that she was that she crash landed, and she and her co-pilot. That they were eaten by these giant crabs. I
3: saw that one too. That one was
2: awesome. Okay, so I, I was like, "What?" Because I've lived, you know, up in the northwest. I've lived, you know, down here in Texas, where we have the Gulf of Mexico. I've been to Alaska, eating crabs. I'm like, "What? How would, how would she be eaten by crabs unless she was like motionless in the ocean and then they just, you know, they chomped her up?" However, have you ever heard of these things called giant coconut crabs? I only went up and reading this, and they sound terrifying oh my goodness this is like something from jurassic park i didn't know these things existed i would be terrified i would be absolutely i would be horrified in running into one of these things or even a group of them wow i'm, I'm reading it right
3: now because you know i can't read it. and wow they are that's three feet three feet long they of a small dog that's bigger than rocky
2: yeah it's bigger they're bigger than my dog they look prehistoric they have these huge front claws. Just in your mind's eye, take one of the big, like, Galapagos Island turtles and a tarantula and marry them. Like, put them together. That's what this thing looks like. It is unbelievable. And they climb trees. They're huge. You can make a pet out of one of these things. That's terrifying. But,
3: I mean, at least it's still, they stick with the story of Nicomaru, though. So, that they, They're the same Nick, Yeah, Nicomaru, whatever however you call it. That, that seems to be a consistent island that they talk about. There's four or five different theories that all have to do with that island.
2: There's a lot. Yeah, I think the general consensus is that is where she ended up. because See, that's hard to, because
3: it's one of those things that I saw a lot of evidence of that too, but then I saw evidence that points to a lot of the evidence that they use actually can be thrown out. But it's one of those... Depends on which doctor you're talking. We figured out really quickly over the last year or two.
2: Right, right. I mean, she was headed to what's called the Hallen Island. If you see, according to when she started laying out the Maydays, and and it's been confirmed that her Mayday was heard as far away as Canada. Mm-hmm. That instead of going a straight path to it, they veered off and did this like weird. It's almost like they. It's almost like they made like a hammer pattern. If you know, like where the grip and then the head of the hammer because they kind of started flying kind of crazy and they're burning fuel like crazy and this there were several islands around this Hallen island and as far as anybody's knows they never showed up on howlin island yeah
3: and that's one of the things that there's one where i was reading a thing where they were talking about the timeline of because a lot of people don't realize this was like the second to last leg they were almost done yeah they'd gone through like monsoons they had gone through she you know as we said earlier she wasn't the greatest pilot but she was still a pilot so she'd gone through quite a bit they'd gone through enough but there had been one time before where and i think it was going into paris or one of those going somewhere into the and i'd have to go look and look but um where she they, she went to land and her navigator fred newton had told her to go one way and she didn't believe him so she went the other and she ended up like 30 miles off of where she's well there's so a... a lot of people think that could have been what happened again where he said one thing and she's like yeah i know you're an idiot and went a different way and that's how they ended up making all the weird and that's why they're not sure where they were
2: yeah well the uh, there's also a theory that noonan who was her co-pilot was uh could have been drunk apparently he had a drinking yes. problem and i read a lot about that yeah, he he had been in some car accidents, and he had he had quite the drinking problem. And oddly, if you look at the pattern, if you took it, if you look at the pattern that they took uh, before they disappeared, it, if you ever watch Gilligan's Island, it reminds me of uh, what was that guy named Wrong Way, uh, Wrong Way something? Do you ever watch? Oh
3: yeah, I do that. Where he lands on, he was he
2: lands on the island, and he's like some he's some warplane vet or whatever, and
3: that's he has no navigational skills at not all. None at right. all.
2: He has no clue where he's at. and He just flies around in circles.
3: Well, and that's one of the big things I ran into with them in this is one Amelia Earhart had no navigation skills.
2: No, she, um, she really. That's did. why
3: Noonan was with her. Um, he was the navigator. He had the navigation skills. But on the same side of that, they had problems with their radio, and they also had problems with the fact that neither one of them could understand morse code so when the navy was having issues of talking to them they were using morse code and they had
2: no idea what it said to say they were ill prepared not an understatement Oh no, not at all
3: i think if which a lot of people don't realize too this was her second attempt the first attempt she never even made it past the first leg right because she crashed the plane um (laughs) and that navigator was the one who knew what he was doing he was the one that had set up all the communication he's the one that knew no morse code so, when they switched navigators, all of a sudden, all that communication went out the window and they never changed the plan to say, hey, we now have a navigator and a pilot who can't do that.
2: Yeah, there's also a lot of theories that, and I didn't really dive into them too much, that uh, the spy, that she that it, she actually crashed and the Japanese got her. And a lot of that, uh, most she was of those. Tokyo Rose? Yeah, that she was Tokyo Rose. In fact, her ex, what uh, I think it was her ex husband, listened to. Every Tokyo Rose broadcast and said, nah, that none of them said it. So a lot of those but were... But
3: that's one of the things. One of those theories says that he said that because the government told him to say that. Could be. And they didn't want to give it away. That yeah,
2: might be. So, I mean, I, a lot of... seems like most of that stuff was uh, pretty... Pr- debunked pretty early, which does cause alarm when you're dealing with the government. And all of a sudden, everyone's like, yep, mm, nope, nothing's here. Move along.
3: Yeah. And, and that's one of the ones that... I read a lot of those where it's kind of like I could almost see it. Because um, the one thing is, too, is there's that picture that everyone talks about. Like, oh, you see this picture? This is her sitting on a dock, you know, where the, the Japanese could have caught her. Um, it's been debunked and shown that that picture was taken in 1935.
2: Yeah, exactly. She
3: she crashed in 1937.
2: One of the other weird ones, and I don't know, this just makes no sense at all. I don't even know how this became a thing, is that she actually landed at Guadal- Guadalcanal. And became a nurse.
3: I saw that one too.
2: And I don't, I, it's like, how did that even start? I don't even understand. She She wasn't a nurse. She, she was never a nurse. And I thought she
3: was earlier in her career, before she became a pilot. She.
2: I don't I think, think she was. She, bru-
3: was I, she worked in the medical, but it wasn't a nurse. I think yeah, was like, yeah, exactly. She was a helper kind of thing.
2: Right, yeah. She was like, a, I don't know, any striper or whatever it was back then. Yeah. Rumors started circulating in the 40s that uh, she was helping wounded soldiers and apparently some wounded soldiers claimed to have seen her, but they said, no, they were hallucinations that they, they were actually suffering from malaria. So. <laughs> it's just
3: possible. But I mean, I, I saw a couple of those where they said basically what it was is that, you know, I mean, which all of us, anybody's who've been to that, you know, that area in the tropics are like, okay, I could get how somebody could be like, yeah, I don't feel like going back to New York where it's cold. Let's stay here. But I, I don't see
2: that. No, uh, and then the the other one that I thought was interesting, and I don't, I don't know why she, because I think she, but uh, you never know what's inside somebody's head. There's a strong rumor that she faked her own death because she was tired of being a celebrity. According to this I, art, I can see that. According to this article, it says rather than have to face hordes of admirers upon arriving back in the U.S., Earhart simply decided to fake her own death instead of becoming a full-fledged celebrity. A lifestyle that author Joe Class claims Earhart never wanted. Although I find that hard to believe because she, she could have said no at any time.
3: Yeah, I believe that. I mean, it's one of those things. I think it's one of those. I think I could see where you hear some of the celebrities that you know want it, and then all of a sudden, once they get it, and they're like, "Yeah, I don't like the the, the fact that I have no privacy. I have nothing like that." But not to sound back back in the '30s, you could have dis- She could have disappeared without doing this. Oh, easy. So it would have been easy for her just to say, "You know, I'm done. I'm going to move." you know, out to the middle of Wyoming, and nobody would ever find her.
2: Right. Oh, yeah, easy. She could have lived in Manhattan in an apartment and just disappeared. Yeah. Uh, they claim... So, I
3: mean, to go through this whole thing is just... That, that seems ridiculous.
2: Pretty elaborate. Pretty elaborate. Uh, according to this author, Joe Gervais, Earhart changed her name to, to Bolin to protect herself from the public eye, not for national security reasons. After the release of a book in 1970... There was an actual lady named Bolin sued the author and his publisher for propagating a myth. And according to USA Today, the book was pulled from the shelves. Both parties settled out of court for an undisclosed sum. So they claim to have found Amelia Earhart alive uh, as this lady named Bolin and ha- started hounding her so yeah. much so and that the
3: author never even though they they settled out of court and they had to pull the books the author never came back he never backed down from that he swore to all his death oh yeah she he, was Amelia Hart. heart
2: yeah he you're right he never recanted he was like nope i'm sticking with it
3: and i've seen pictures and it's there's it's a couple a- facial features that i'm like i see it but other ones i'm like maybe with a little plastic surgery but I mean if you're trying to get away, I mean I guess, but yeah. yeah
2: but plastic surgery, yeah. not hard to that's that was hard to come by. And and like you said, if you were gonna go and disappear in America during that time, there were you could you could have gone to the Midwest, you could have gone to the Northwest, you could have gone to Alaska, you could go anywhere and completely disappear. Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean either. she wasn't that striking of a woman, honestly, to where she couldn't have no, blend, she wasn't. She couldn't have blended in so she'd grown her hair a little longer. Maybe change how she did her makeup, change her clothing, or whatever. She could have blended it.
3: possibly, but I I could see her definitely blending in. I mean, she could have gone to any little small town USA and disappeared, you know, and that would have been it, and nobody would have noticed.
2: Yeah, so let's go into some of the more credible um, theories as to what happened to Amelia Earhart. And I think the you keep you you've mentioned this one island that, um, and we're having troubles. We're having trouble pronouncing it. It starts with a K. With <laughs> a K? The one I saw
3: was an N. Nikamoru.
2: Nicom- oh, Nick, yeah. Nikomoro or Moru. Yeah, that's... Yeah, Nicomoru. And then, there, yeah, then there's another one that she supposedly uh, may have ended up on that island as well. Um, well, And that island was, is now called... Well, it was called at the time Gardner Island, which was way easier. Why did they just stay with that? And also, oh, there's another one. It's called Phoenix Island. There's is another one that they thought she may have ended up on. Now, here's what gives it credibility. On this uh, Nicomororo, or Nicomororoo, a.k.a. Gardner Island, in 1940, a search party found a human skull and a skeleton on the island. The bones were removed to Fiji, where a British doctor, David Hoodless, measured them and concluded that they were bones of a short, middle-aged man, presumed a castaway. Er Earhart's height had been listed at 5'7 or 5'8", and the bones have su- subsequently been lost, making a modern study of them impossible. I mean, we find this a lot with stuff back then. Things get misplaced. They, whoops, yep. we can't find them. Oh, they disappeared. But here's the problem with that. I watched a, a pretty decent documentary on it, and there's a there's an article that was written in anthropology. Uh, I think it's Anthropology Today or Anthropology something. It's a magazine I would never read. But it's all about anthropology. It's the Bible of anthropology. And using modern tools and modern anthropology tools, there's a famous scientist who retook this case on. And the problem, he said, the problem, this guy, this doctor, that, it, uh, this David Hoodless was completely wrong on all accounts because he was comparing her, her bones to people who were, um, to men of a certain age range and from a certain place that was not it wasn 't like the average it wasn't the, it wasn't the common height and she was a little yeah. taller than your average woman and the to- oh, and, I did hear that and some of the other tools that that they were using were so outdated now that and he concluded yes they were from a female, and yes they would have matched hers, but of course the bones are gone, so they you know they don't have it's not a, it's not one hundred percent but he was ninety nine percent sure that it was if they were female bones and they dated back to about the time of the plane crash problem is there were only those sets of bones the nobody there weren't any others
3: yeah and that's the the big thing that they you know with that one is it's based off the other the the first doctor's measurements and if you're gonna it kind of comes down to where some people have argued back saying well if you're gonna say the doctor is not smart enough to figure out how to whether it's a, a man or woman's How are you supposed to trust
2: his measurement? Okay, so here here was the quote I was looking for. So Jantz, he's the the doctor, the latest doctor who was looking into this. So he evaluated the recorded measurements with a more sophisticated formula, comparing them with measurements of 2,700 skeletons from Earhart's era and concluded that her bone length, as estimated from photographs, most or more closely resembled the bones found than 99% of the reference sample. In summary, Jance wrote that his observations, quote, strongly supports the conclusion that the Nicomororo bones belong to Amia Earhart. So he was pretty convinced.
3: He was. I mean, he was pretty convinced. But then the, the hard part with, and one of the reasons why this case will probably never be solved, no one can find those bones. Yeah. Those, those bones are gone. So it's like, <clears throat> okay, cool, there were some bones there, but where are they now? How do we know what those boats How do we know any of that? And there is another thing where a lot of people don't realize, too, is on uh, uh, Nikamororo I hate that one. Just, we'll um, just, we'll just go with to... Nikamororo. <laughs> so on that one. Let's
2: <laughs> call it Nick. Nick the was, Island. Nick. It's just Nick. Nick
3: Island. There we go. There was a, a boat that had crashed 10 years prior to, to when she would have crashed. Um, and there was survivors from the – or not survivors, sorry – fatalities in that crash that they buried on the island so a lot of people come back and say that it was might have been one of the you know people who died in that crash that the, the those were the bones so there are and that's the hard part on this island a lot of people think this island that they supposedly landed on nobody's ever been there so they're like oh so if we find anything it must have been Amelia i mean no there'd been another boat in fact they think in one of her last um conversations one of her last you know uh, transmissions they think that they heard her say the name of the boat that was still crashed and sitting on the reef. That's one of the reasons why they think that she was at the the Nick. um and then also there was a Coast guard station on that base on that uh, island a few years after that. So things that they found a lot of things are like oh we found this this could have been from Amelia Earhart. it also could have been from any of those soldiers. It could have been from you know those people that died in the, the crash. So that's where it becomes difficult without those actual bones, because there's so many things that we can use to make it go, you know, so many different facts and other things that we could be like, well, this is why it might not be.
2: Yeah, well, and, you know, the crazy thing is, is that when they, um, you know, when they crashed, people realized they were off the radar. It was there was and it took a little bit of time, but there was an all out attempt to go find them immediately. And, and that and they sent fleets of, of boats out there there were all kind of um aircraft flying around and the amazing thing you would think if they actually made it to an island and they landed on an island or even if they crashed close to the island that water is crystal clear out there and you would think with, with all that activity and people buzzing around out there somebody would have seen something seen part of the wreckage of and that's floating around or uh, a bunch of trees down where they crashed land i mean there could have been all kinds of sing- signals but nothing and that's why they
3: think a lot of people pick nick nick island nick um is because the way it sits it's the top you know, just like every island pretty much the top of a volcano or whatever um it's the very top of a mountain under the, and that mountain's very steep so as soon as you go off the coral reef that they would have most likely landed on because this island's tiny. I mean, it's smaller than, like, it's tiny. I think it's only, like, half a mile wide by, like, three miles long.
2: A lot of those islands and, out there were really, really yeah. tiny, really small.
3: So they figured that she would have landed at low tide. She could have landed on the reef, which would have been about low tide, would have been about time she, they would have crashed. She could have landed on the reef. But once the tide came up, and there was an exceptionally high tide two days after she crashed, that could have washed the plane off the reef And if it would have went off the reef, it was basically a straight shot down like hundreds of feet into the ocean. And that's one of the things that they think about is that once it went, if it would have come off that reef, which would have been about two days later when they stopped getting, you know, thinking that they may have heard from her. Because there was a bunch of, they thought they were hearing from her for two days. Um, That that's, if it would have went down in the water, that's when they would have stopped hearing from her. And they think it just floated straight down. And that's why when they flew over, because someone flew over the island and actually made a note that it looked like there had been recent habitation. On.
2: I mean, I can see that, but I also I I looked into how a lot of those planes were built back then because I thought, well, that's a plausible theory, and if the high tide came in, you know, trashed the plane and sucked it all down, but there were there was a lot of floatable material on the Yeah. And so like I said, th- wouldn't there be like an, like, I, I know they were out of gas, but wouldn't there be some fluid slick? Wouldn't there be some foam floating, some sort of debris? Um, that that's my only question is w- how did all of that stuff completely just, dis- we're talking about an airplane just completely disappearing. So,
3: yeah. and that, that is the hard part of this. You know, that's why you'd almost think that it would have had to have landed on because it Otherwise, they would have seen the slick because, I mean, they even said that it was within the first three or four days um, they investigated an area the size of Texas.
2: Yeah. No, they had like I said, they had several boats out there. They had airplanes buzzing all they they drew a big wide area and they, they had people buzzing and in, in the air and in the water all over and. I haven't been to that particular part of the world. I've been the Atlantic Ocean, the Caribbean Ocean, way out there, and on islands and stuff. And I know how the tide works. But I would think if there was a if there was a recent wreck that magnitude, something would have been floating. Something there would be debris. And let's say they landed on the beach or they landed in the you know in the trees or whatever. There would be a strip of trees down there would be a you know, wreck there'd be a wreck wreckage site there would be i know they traveled light but there would be there would be stuff there would be stuff around i mean you've ever walked there'd up something you ever walked out you ever been like hiking out in the woods and you came across like an old car but he'd like you no know, ditch there well it's yeah. it's very rarely just the car usually you first walk up and you you know there's like a I don't know, hubcap. You're like, that's weird. There's a hubcap out here in the middle of nowhere. What's this from? And then you go a little further, you might find a tire or a you know, windshield wiper. And next thing you know, wow, there's a cart. It's a debris field. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So. It's a complete debris field. And that's one thing. And, and that's kind of hard to, you know, on this is unless there's something about that plane that we just don't understand because it was different than now where the plane would have hit and there would have been nothing. I just, like you said, I don't see the plane just suddenly being sucked into the ocean and disappear. Um, yeah. That That is the hard part for me on this is because there is no evidence. Even if she'd crash landed into the, the ocean, which I mean, I guess if she'd hit a point and they didn't get to that point until three days later, maybe. But you would think there would be something.
2: Well, that that leads into this other theory, because all almost all the theories consist, are start on the basis that she crashed. But there is a strong theory. Oh,
3: I did want to say one thing. She was a nurse in World War One.
2: Oh, OK. I thought she was just a nurse. She did have some background. So I thought she was a nurse's help, but she was an actual nurse. Well, see, you read. You read that. That's important.
3: I did. Amazing.
2: Uh, But there is a credible um, theory that she didn't crash at all, that she actually, that they may have turned back mid-flight. And uh, she went to, or or tried to get to the airfield in Britain, which is uh, north of mainland Papua New Guinea. And in 1990, Donald Angwin, veteran of the Australian Army's World War II campaign in New Britain, contacted researchers to suggest that a wrecked aircraft he had witnessed in the jungle about 40 miles southwest of Rabaul on April 7, 45, may have been... Air- Earhart's Electra. He goes on to say that he and some other members were uh, in the area. They found this wrecked twin-engine plane. It was unpainted. The soldiers recorded a rough position on a map, along with serial numbers seen on the wreckage. The map was found in possession of another veteran in 1903. This guy Angwin died in 2001, and David Billings, an Australian aircraft engineer, has continued to investigate this theory. Written on this map was 600HP S3HI N1055. They believe it represents a 600 horsepower, 450 kilowatt Pratt & Whitney R1340 S3H1 model engine and a constructor's number of 1055, which is an airframe identifier. If that's true... They would be consistent with the Lockheed Electra 10E that was flown by Amelia Earhart. So there's that. That's, that's uh, you know, because that wasn't, I don't think that was published public knowledge at the time.
3: No, and that's one of the things that always gets me with some of those, like the Papua New Guinea one, where it was pretty much poo-pooed so quick that it never even hit a lot of the, theory, the, the theories. They never came out like in the 90s that, hey, You know, where now all of a sudden if someone finds a spoon floating in the ocean, they found proof of Amelia Earhart. But back then, I mean, in the 90s, it seems like this one was just like, oh, yeah, and just pushed under a rug and was hidden. So that's one that's kind of fascinates me a little bit of what is, you know, is that the one that's really out there?
2: It fascinated me, too, because I'm with you. Anytime it seems to me, anytime there's a cover up or a quick dismissal, like a super quick dismissal without. Full on explanation and without detailed as to why it's been dismissed so fast seems to me that you got they're begging you to dig deeper. I mean yeah. we see we see that with a a lot. Of, there's also there's a there's um there's you know going back to that the photograph we talked about where there's this photograph that supposedly shows her sitting on this dock and this boat towing this uh, plane uh, into the harbor and everybody's like oh yep that's her and that's the plane and there's uh, her co-pilot and all this stuff. Well I was. The the guy who discovered that, he lives up there by where you live. He's uh, he's mm-hmm. a teacher at, I think, Burlington High School. And he said that there's like 140 pages of documents on Amelia Earhart that the government has that they will not release. So big shocker there.
3: Which is a big shocker, but I mean, it makes you come back to wonder of uh, one of those, is it is it because there is some kind of cover-up or is it just because the information, you know, doesn't lead anywhere and they want us to keep looking at amelia Earhart, so we're not looking at other things but i mean and that's kind of makes you wonder i mean what is really there or maybe the 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 spy theories come back maybe that's where where it really ended up that she was a spy and she was actually shot down over the marshall islands because she was off course on purpose so that she could spy over the marshall islands or is it one of the theories that they've said that basically they wanted her to go down where she actually just landed somewhere and say that she, she crashed so that they can have an excuse to go have a huge rescue mission to look around and do some reconnaissance on a, a soon-to-be enemy.
2: And none of those would surprise me, given what we know about how our military has operated in the past and still continues to this day where they just make up stuff. They actually create, they create situations, you know, and then sell it to the public as, oh, yeah, this is what happened and this is why we had to go do it. And we've, yep. we've seen that. Over and over and over again, where they just they'll whole cloth lie about attacks or who attacked us or that somebody sunk a ship or whatever and get everybody riled up about it. Yeah, so which is
3: why you got to look at anytime there's a war, anytime there's something where there's a huge attack on us that makes us want to go after somebody else, look closer. Absolutely, did they really attack us, or did our government attack us and make it look like,
2: yeah, or did they, they sometimes they've even paid off other government to attack us? Yeah. To make it look like it was, you know, the other. So if there's three groups, they go to another group and say, hey, you guys attack this base. We'll we'll completely protect you. And then blame it on that group over there because we want to go. We don't have any reason, but we would like to go attack them. And that'll give us. It happens a lot. And that's a lot. And that's, you know, in my last podcast, I talked about how this last year, in my opinion, the medical field had basically lost all credibility and gone were the days where, you know, whole cloth trusted your doctor or your pharmacist for, you know, because they knew better. They, they've kind of blown that with this whole COVID. I think in, in, in a lot of the ways that we've uncovered some of these um, and gone through these conspiracy theories like this, I feel the same way about the military, not the military members, but the the yeah. top brass of the military and, and, and the, you know, the, from the white house over to the Pentagon, these guys are up to some really nasty stuff. And just they have no bones about lying to the public. And it I would be fascinating to go back into the early days of like World War I, World War II, and find out really what the truth is. Because I don't think we've ever gotten it. I don't think we ever have.
3: And I think we well, I mean, it's one of those things. I mean, just getting down as far as we have,
2: they they hate that.
3: But for, if we were able to figure out even more of what our government has done behind our back and behind the, the citizens' backs, hidden Um, I think it would be even 10 times worse that, I mean, people would, I think the control they have now would be thrown out the window. If half the country even had an idea of what they were really.
2: Oh, I'm with you on that. I mean, it, it it really has in a lot of ways in that arena of life, the scales have my eyes and and I'm, I'm wide open on it. It's not because I want to be, I want to trust our leaders. I want to trust the military and, and and, I want to trust history, but The more we dive into this stuff, what I'm finding out is like with this Amelia Earhart thing, what is written as fact and presented as history is not that at all. And it's really frightening that the longer you go away from that event, the more that written history becomes cemented and everybody just accepts it and it's like yep that is what happened and now it's now it's down to like little three minute clips on youtube of yep here's what happened she disappeared and that was into that it was a great flyer and it was a big deal back in the in case closed. and
3: yeah that's what you see i mean there was a few a lot like that but then it was interesting that every once in a while you would you know on some of the videos i watch and some of the the things i listened to her about her where they really did grow up that oh she was this amazing flyer and everything else and then other ones that looked at it like we did and said, "No, actually, if you look at the research and look at everything else, she was an average flyer at best. She yeah. was just marketable.
2: Yeah, and I think uh, I think a lot of this lays at the feet of George Putnam. Yes, the Putnam Book Company. The fact that I mean, she went along with it. You know, she bought into it. She was she didn't she didn't like say no to all the publicity stuff. But the reality is, is that he saw. He saw fame he saw money but he did and I think he put her into positions that and just kept pushing and pushing and pushing and it finally backfired on, on all of them
3: yeah and I think the the flight around the world was her last big hurrah because they were low on money they, they, they needed funding they needed something to bring her back to the to, to the light because it sounded like there was It'd been a couple of years since she'd done anything. Well, in well, a lot
2: of ways, it it, it was quote unquote I mean. Yeah, and and you know, I mean, people still flew and they still tried to break records and stuff. But her disappearance and the whole thing with the Lindbergh baby was kind of the end of the that golden age. It kind of put a seal on.
3: It, it, it did, I think, and a lot of things. That, the thing that really, I mean, it's horrible to say this, but it the the Lindbergh baby and her disappearance put a huge magnifying glass on two parts of the aviation industry that really didn't, it took away from what others were really doing. I think Lindbergh did some amazing things. He was the first solo flight Yes. Um, across the Atlantic. Other people had done it already, but he was the first solo and from one major city to another, which a lot of people don't realize if he was the first transatlantic flight. No, there it had been done before him, you know, and she was the first female, to do it, Um but and when she, she did, and when she,
2: and when she did that, she was basically a passenger. Yeah, she was a passenger. She didn't. She didn't touch the controls. She even said in one of her articles or a book, I can't remember, but she she's quoted as saying she felt like she was basically a sack of potatoes on that.
3: Yeah, because she was the first female passenger, and that's what a lot of people don't realize. A lot of her her famous fabrication by Putnam. Putnam was a great. Manipulator and a great, you know, propagandist. He prop- propagandized her and made her this amazing thing, and I think in all reality took away from a lot of women that probably deserved more fame than she
2: did. And I kept digging and digging and looking because I know Edward Bernays in this time, and he's the master of propaganda, yeah. and he was the master of whipping up public uh, perception and creating these frenzies. I never could cross-reference it with anything, but I, but knowing who he ran with and knowing George Putnam his lust for money create these celebrities I would not doubt at all that they crossed paths and, and or he was was not a disciple of Bernay. Yeah
3: cuz I mean Putnam's still around now.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Putnam books. Oh uh, yeah, the books are. And I mean they they've made big big money over the years but th- this is what really catapulted. Yes. Well, yeah. we're getting so, to we're getting down to the end of it so I we I need to know from you what uh so we have the crab theory. We have the inner earth beings the lizard people. We have a Tokyo Rose. We have the fact that she's a nurse. We have some facts that she was eaten by giant crabs and, and, or turned around or ditched it on purpose and became a nurse or went back to New York. Where do you fall? Where do you fall on all of this stuff to, uh, after doing all this? After doing all this
3: research, I think it's one of two things. Like either she landed on Nick or Island Nick, whatever it was. Um, and survived on one of the other little islands around there and they survived for a little bit and then died or um that they they just hit they they crashed into the ocean and they're gone um you know they just happened to hit a spot that you know and it took long enough by the time anyone flew over it that all the wreckage was gone and had sank or whatever or, or it split apart enough that you know, I mean, because really think about it, when they're flying over, unless they were you know down skimming the water, small pieces of that plane wouldn't have been wouldn't have been visible. So even if there were small pieces floating, they might have missed them. Yeah. So I mean, I think it was either she just landed and, and died, or she crashed they're down at the bottom. Of the ocean.
2: Yeah, I think, in my opinion, of course, we, we weren't there, and we'll we'll probably I don't think we'll ever know. I think this is going to be one of the great missile time. I don't think anybody's ever going to get to one hundred percent conclusion, but. Just based on my research and looking at the logistics of it, I think same, one of two things. One, uh, like I said, I did a lot of research on those planes and what, what, how they were built and everything. If they, if they truly ran out of gas and they hit the, the water, it would have probably obliterated that plane. And yeah. so you're right. There would, at best, there would have been tiny fragments, and we didn't have the technology back then. So somebody flying over who's looking for reflection or a a debris field, unless it was in really shallow water or was on land, they weren't going to find. It. By the time the boats got there, would have been it could have hit a tide and been who knows where. It could have been in Japan. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's probably most likely what happened. I I think based on the eyewitnesses to her Mayday calls, they, she, they were going down, and they knew it. If they, if they happened to land somewhere or, or even hit the ocean and were able to crawl onto whichever the island, whether it's Nicomaroro or Roru, however, the Nick Island, uh, there is a high probability that they were severely hurt, probably barely clinging on to life. And I think that's where the crabs come in. Because people have combed that island over and over and they've, you know, found bits and pieces of this and that. But for two humans to if they made it onto the island and then they died, we all know. I mean, that's what the mafia does. The mafia throws people, you know, they go sleeping with the fishes. It's like it's like uh, when people, you know, want to get rid of evidence, they feed it to the pigs. Why? Because they clean up. And so that's
3: exactly what those crabs would have done, too.
2: And that's exactly what would happen. And so does I don't know that that's happened, that that happened. But I can see that as a high probability, especially I've traveled all over the Caribbean. Now, I know this isn't in the Caribbean, but I've been to lots of islands in the Caribbean. I've been to Hawaii and stuff. And there's a lot of remote islands out there. And you don't realize how fast you if you don't have fresh water and the sun's beating down or even if it's months, you don't realize how fast you dehydrate how fast you lose your senses and and you just there's there's nothing to eat you can't there's water all around you you can't drink it and you're pretty much a goner imagine yeah and
3: people don't think of that notice that and i mean that's one thing on these islands like i said it wasn't that far across that wide or that long
2: yeah so there's and nothing nothing there to eat
3: no and there's no fresh water none i mean the 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 plane that or the the boat that crashed you know years before that said when they crashed on the island they got lucky that it rained you know pretty much right after they landed and that they were able to find some brackish water that yeah. they were able to turn into drinkable yeah. but other than that it was they was they would have been dosed
2: well and you know if they whether they crashed in the water or crashed landed even if even if it was a fairly safe landing they were going to be in rough shape so they're not they're not yeah. they're not going to be able to build shelter. They're not going to be able to, you know, collect rainwater. They're basically sitting ducks. Yep. I think I think that's probably that's in my opinion that's probably what happened. I don't have proof of it, but it's just as good as anybody else's theory. On.
3: Oh yeah, it definitely is.
2: All right. Well, that's it. We'll close the book on Amelia Earhart, another mystery of somebody who has vanished. And I think we're going to do one more uh, next week, and then we're going to move on to for topic. But I uh, want to thank everybody for spending some time with us. Hope you had a great New Year's Eve and safe and that this new year is fantastic for you. We appreciate the the fact that you take some time out to spend one of your an hour or so with us. We're, we're forever grateful for that. And for the guy who uh, says Brandon can't read, I think we dispelled that on this episode. So you don't have to go back. You don't have to go back and rewrite your uh, your your review. But. You're wrong. Yes, yes, I can read. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm Big D. And am Brandon. And email us at down the rh at protonmail.com. We're out.
3: See you later.